Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Behind the Door. My name is Brian Black, and with me is Jason Wilson. Hello, Jason. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, you know, hanging in there still. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along with us two wonderful fellows is the great writer of today's episode, Augie Peterson. Hello, Augie. Hi. <laughs> Dying laughter over here. Hello. <laughs> Ain't no problem, Augie. It's all good. You don't have an episode of The Grey Rooms without death. And so, <laughs> with that note, we've lost our writer. <clears throat> you can't talk, Augie. You're dead. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> and with us is the ever-so-wonderful David Steele, whom we killed yet again. Hello, David. Yes. I'm happy to hear you killed the writer this time. That's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we kill a little bit of everybody. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I well, I don't think we've killed Red Jason Brown. yet. Jason, have we killed you? I don't think so. Yeah, I was Raymond. <laughs> I was just oh, gonna yeah, say yeah, Raymond. Right. Yeah, I was killed I was killed oh, quite a lot, actually. I mean I, well, you know, I so <laughs> Sarah Ruth Thomas is doing such a great job, I just yeah. completely forgot about Raymond. Oh jeez. <gasps> Trust me. Bob would be devastated. Right after the finale, I was like, okay, time to etch a sketch that out of my mind. <laughs> and this, everyone, is another lovely episode of Behind the Door. And, you know, the one thing that we really like about the show is we get such a wonderful perspective, both from writing, from voice acting, from creating our wonderful podcasts. And so we're going to jump in and start with our questions. Is everybody ready? Yes. I'm ready. We need to do a trivia episode one day. You know, Dude, that'd, that'd be amazing. Oh, geez. Wrong answer. Jason can put in sound effects, too. So. A new car. He's done it once. <laughs> he can do it again. Get like a little Muppet-type sound. Oh, man, this is going to be great. <laughs> so, Augie, I do have a question for you. Okay. Um, your story, it feels like a true crime documentary in a lot of ways. But let me ask you something. What made you want to tell your story and let it open up to be a werewolf story? Okay, so <clears throat> the process of me writing this particular story for the Grey Rooms was quite a roller coaster because I had initially planned on writing a completely different story. And I had put like weeks of planning into it and it was going to be awesome and long and like really great, but like it just wasn't coming to me all as one piece and it wasn't quite ready yet. It still needed to stew. So um, instead, um, and this I guess kind of needs some background to it. My uh, husband's family is in the fire service. And at the time of me 
writing this story, we had had our power shut off and we had not had power for like an entire month because our bill was so crazy high and it was a whole thing. Um, if you're curious, I talk about it on my podcast if you need that drama in your life. Um, <laughs> but basically, we were living at... <laughs> We were living at my in-laws' house for that time period, and I was also working on the second edition of my short story collection, and I was putting out regular podcast episodes trying to feel normal, and I was working on this story. So while I was there, and I was mulling over this other story, and I didn't want to write it before it was done, um, I was listening to the scanner that is constantly going in his parents' house. Like, it's just sitting on a on a bench. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with what I'm talking about, if you're in, like, emergency services, typically you have a radio that will alert you if you have, like, a call coming through. And um, I was sitting in the living room trying to think of what in the world I was going to do because the deadline for the story was, like, three days away. So <laughs> I was thinking and I was like, I don't know. This is so weird. And all of a sudden... Unfortunately, this is based on kind of real life experiences. A suicide attempt came over the radio and I was like, oh, my God, that's it there. And it just all unfolded. And I was like, oh, my God. So like the suicide attempt was some woman who didn't want to become the werewolf that she somehow became. And then like her wife tried to stop her from attacking herself. And then she turned into a werewolf because she was angry. And it just. I don't know. It's like all completely unfolded after I heard the word suicide attempt, which is so messed up. But that's what happened. I just heard over the scanner and I was like, yep, screw that other story. I'm going to write this instead. So I wrote it in three days and sent it in and somehow it got accepted. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was like kismet because my brain just thought yeah. werewolf. And then I realized is that the last story that you guys took from me was about vampires. So I'm just the person who writes about classic monsters, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. We were even mentioning, well, we need some more monster stuff. <laughs> oh, here's Augie. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I submitted another one for season three, so we'll fingers crossed. <laughs> is, it, is it a monster story? It is. It's about evil mermaids. Oh, Ooh. wow. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Under the sea. <laughs> well, it's in a lake, but you know. <laughs> it has Ursula in it, doesn't it? I cannot say. <laughs> That's awesome. So when a story opens up, it literally just comes down with, so it was about 10 p.m. And then it just jumps right into the middle of the cop telling a story to the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. It drops us right into the story. And I thought it was fantastic. I really Aww. did because it, it immediately sucks us into what's going on. And, you know, most stories kind of give you some kind of buildup. This doesn't even bother. It's like, you know what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you've seen yeah. every true crime documentary ever made. This is what this. <laughs> so then, of course, you, you know, you go on with the whole story. But I just had to ask, what made you decide to to go that route? I mean, you told us that you know, how you got the idea, mm -hmm. but how did you decide to kind of like focus on the cops and, and then have the cop telling a psychiatrist, everything, how did that all come about? So I literally just wrote the first few sentences about them being in a cop car and hearing that there was a suicide attempt because that was what inspired the whole thing. And then it just completely happened kind of on its own after that. And a lot of the times recently I've noticed that I've been listening to horror stories, like narrations and stuff. There's always this long, drawn-out setup of all the characters. And you get to meet everybody, and then the story happens, and you're kind of told, you know, how to care about the characters. But I like the idea of not knowing who to root for, and I kind of wanted to just present all of the characters as they were and then have the story unfold around them so you could kind of figure out after the fact, after you've kind of found out what these characters' quirks are and how their personalities work together, who it is that your favorite is or, you know, who you'd be rooting for. And maybe there's more to this than you had initially imagined. So I kind of just wanted to throw you in there because, you know, when you're on a call like that, 
it's intense and you don't know what's going on until you've been there for a few minutes and you're finding out gradually, you know, uh, this thing over here started this fire and then it spread here and then it went up there. And that's why it looked as terrifying as it was all because some kid was playing with a fork, you know, so it just kind of... (laughs) Yeah, it turns it from this big thing into this kind of smaller thing. And I wanted to emulate that in the story itself. But it didn't really because it turned into a bigger thing afterwards. But I guess that's not the point. <laughs> well, it definitely caught them off guard. The cops. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was good. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they all thought it was over and then it wasn't. <clears throat> so let's go along to uh, David Steele here. Um, Dave. We had you on season one as the lead voice actor for Ice Station Bravo. And you yes. played a stone cold soldier that had to uh, escape after all his friends were turned into some nasty zombie type monsters. Yeah. Now you're fighting werewolves. What's that like? <laughs> From one frying pan to the other. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because I think I talked about this uh, last year, but I, I'm a retired uh, army as well. Jason, I know, is military. We, we read a conversation. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, airborne infantry and, uh, now currently I'm actually a state police dispatcher. So I've also, oh, wow. it's funny. You're talking about the scanners. The, oh, look at um, that. I'm used to, you know, attention to detail and, and focus and, and knowing your environment and your surroundings. And so, uh, having these two situations is, is really cool. So it's, it's exciting for me. I, I had a blast. Oh, wow. You know, what's funny too is, uh, Graham actually is the both times he's the one that, uh, gave them to me and he might've given me three different stories. One of them, I was like, eh, not too hip on that. And, but these two, when I read them over, scanned them, I'm like, oh yeah, I got excited. I was, man, I hope I get this. I definitely want to do this. Nice. Oh, wow. He is our resident evil guy. <laughs> <laughs> our action the, hero kind of dude. Yeah. Ooh, the, the, David, or this is David Steele. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is <laughs> we had that uh, mid-season. We had that mid-season story, and David Steele was our oh my god, like, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, kind of, like, I love that. It was so stupid. Oh, I forgot about that. Like, I who's your daddy? And what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David. David was doing a lot of fun things. He really was. <laughs> so, Dave, uh, there are a lot of cop stories, um, but um, I feel like the cop interview story is a little bit different to create yeah. a voice for. Um, you know, you're in charge of dictating pretty much the sound of everything. So mm-hmm. how did you go about making an interesting voice to tell such a crazy story to your psychiatrist? Well, definitely I had to read through the script one time. Uh, at least I kind of went through the whole thing in detail to get a feel of how the whole thing was going to go from beginning to end. And then I literally like tried just as an actor, you know, I tried to imagine myself as that guy and I tried to, uh, picture going through that experience. And now obviously it's over and now I'm talking to someone about it. And I remember when at first I didn't get that, I didn't know where it was going and that it was actually like that interview type thing. Um, so the final, you know, verdict there, the final, uh, version was where I kind of got that idea and I put myself in that place and try to get that emotion where as a police officer, I have a job to do. I don't want to even talk to this lady. I know I'm being forced to talk to the psychiatrist. This is not of my own will. Um, they're making me do it. (laughs) That was exactly what I was going for. Cause he's just being like debriefed after the whole thing and he's forced to be there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally got that, you know, being in this environment. So I knew it was like a debrief thing. I had to do it. I'm being forced to it. Mm -hmm. I'm pissed to even be there. I'm still hurt. I'm on a crutch. I'm like, you know, this is a waste of my time, but I have to do it. It's going on record. And it's going to be part of my permanent record for from now on. You know, somebody will probably try to sue us, you know, that kind of. So I know I'm going through all this stuff in my head as that character. And so just voicing that, I was kind of, you know, I got into that, that, uh, that person. And, uh, tried to make it where it was something that uh, the other person, the psychiatrist could respond to. And I tried to, it was nice how you did it too. And and there was that play back and forth where I was kind of just telling the story, giving the facts. So I'm not a narrator, but I'm actually telling this person like, okay, this is what happened step by step. These are the details. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of times I got upset, you know, I was able to Mm -hmm. be like, 
oh my god like this this you know <laughs> and build up a little bit and then she's telling me calm down and then i could oh, i'm sorry you know it was so it made it real that was that was fun you nailed it by the way that all came out amazing i would have thought you two were in the same room recording that it was so good yes oh my god when i heard the final and because I didn't know who the psychiatrist was, she was friggin' amazing. It was spot on. Absolutely. It felt like I was talking to her. Yeah, it was it was perfect. Jason did a great job putting that together. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, let's move to Jason a little bit. Jason, normally we have these situations where, you know, after the people do the story, um, something horrible happens to them, right? This time it, Augie's telling us that. Um, you know, this time I'm telling you, uh, sorry, but it's all red. I don't know if you can hear me. It's a little yeah. choppy. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's going to switch over. Can I, can I just go? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Jason, so I just have a question for you. Um, normally, we have the voice actors telling us about horrible things that happen to them after. We do an episode. But here, Augie's telling us that the story was based on a horrible situation. I feel. <laughs> well, it's just a, a head man. Just a great room. So it all ties together somehow. <laughs> Some kind of sort of negative, uh, negative greatness and uh, comfort knowing that, uh, uh, we, you know, either we deserve or we've gotten to the end of It's really a key thing. So, hey, it's what It's funny because. One of the things, you know, you hear all the time is, is you know, some people will be like, you know, write what you know. This is one of those situations where it sounds like that is a super huge part in what happened with the story. <laughs> right. Sure. Go on. Suicide. Suicide. Oh, wait, David, we got uh, a lot of fun. Listen to him talk and then uh, put it back in the market. Who's always a gem? Yeah. Margaret did such a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really does. And, you know, it's nice too because, um, I mean, she's somebody where, you know, she's, you know, um, she's a European actress. And yet, I mean, she's pretty quick with her recordings, isn't she? Okay. Usually, turn on her, like, if uh, Grant sends her. Store one day. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, she's definitely outstanding to work with. And, you know, I think uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, looking for, for more parts of her as well, you know, in the future. Yeah. I certainly so. She, uh, she nailed the tone of the character that I was looking for very well. Oh, man. And of course, we'll kill it in the future. Sounds good to me. I'm always ready. <laughs> Jason, um, yes, we haven't had too many monster stories. When you think about it. So, what did you think when we got to unleash our first werewolf story? Well, I mean, I, I like I like monsters stories. I mean, I'm, I'm still more of a Tennessee and Saw kind of dude, but I do like the traditional monster stories. Is what really got me in horror. I don't know, you know, like stuff. It was fun. It was fun because then she had, uh, Augie had written the, uh, um, the, oh my God, why is the name? Is it the vampire one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, road trip. That's okay. Thank, thank you, see. It was just me either. So, <laughs> she had one with the vampire, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was neat to have a more traditional style story. Um, like, you know, he bounced around, you know, and, uh, at the, honestly, um, the Hebrew, I read all the before really. It's a white wolf. That monster is probably one of my favorites, honestly. It's a white wolf. Yes. Yes, yes. Nice. Well, yeah, uh, with that in mind, I don't know if you ask that question. Are you a fan of werewolves? <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. And kind of having this identity crisis since I realized I was the person to have had a story about a monster to your podcast. 
So I've been dealing with this thing. Also, I know I do because it seems like a reality. And I get in the mood to resolve this story. And I have empires and I've got ghosts and I've got all kinds of stuff. So I've got all classic monsters and I've been writing them the whole time without really realizing it. So I've never been a fan of them, though. That's the thing. Like, I thought Dolly was the dumbest thing. I've never cared to watch, like, the proper horror movie besides you know the classic slasher films and stuff so i've never seen the original Dracula. i've never really watched werewolf in london or anything like that so i don't know a lot about classic monsters i just kind of see them portrayed in movies kind of tossed in there like for example mrs wakefield was like hardcore inspired by the werewolves from the harry potter movies because it just looked so painful to watch them transform, oh. and I wanted to kind of capture that in in the story. Yeah. So I don't really seek out a lot of classic monster stories, and I don't think I have a favorite werewolf movie. I watched the teenage werewolf high school something movie <laughs> on a plane once, and that's the closest I ever got. <laughs> To actually wanting to watch a werewolf movie. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It just kind of happened. And it seemed like it just fell into place in in the context of where this story wanted to go. So, yeah. You need, to check, about- you need to check that one out. And then yeah. the classic ones, just always keep in mind Vincent Price. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Yes, I, I love Vincent Price. He's fantastic. Was that uh, Teen Wolf you're talking about with yes, uh, Michael J. Teen Fox? Wolf. Yep, yep. Yeah. That was good. I like that. Where he that. plays was... basketball. Oh, yes. stop it. That was so cheese. <laughs> it, it was so it cheese. Was all the cheese. <laughs> Michael uh, J. Fox was... movies are on their own level, though. You know, that's, I just yeah. that's that's true. horror of horror. Let's not lie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, um, I got to put my two cents in. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Jason already mentioned. Yeah. I remember that is my absolutely freaking favorite. Um, it's not true. It's not like a scary thing, but it was the best one. The first one is the transformation right. right? It was just oh, amazing. Yeah. Where they had that technology to, to make it look like it was real painful. Oh, so spot uh-huh. I remember being blown away watching that. And a little yeah. bit of comedy like, in it as well. It was all props. It wasn't any CGI or anything. It was all props. Yeah. It terrible. Yeah, it looked terrible. I remember that. <laughs> well, I have to watch it now. <laughs> See, I like the howling. I always thought the howling was really good. The howling scared me for sure. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs> you are dark. Fun. Just, what can I say? You know, I, I I probably watched it when I was like five. You know, like you're not supposed yeah. to. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> watching it through the lines. <laughs> See, my five year old sneak out movie was Children of the Corn. Oh, you know what scared me? I, I watched was uh Beetlejuice. Oh. I watched that <laughs> when I was too young, and those sandworms. Oh my god, oh. they're terrifying. Yes, not well, now, definitely. but then. Oh man, I was, I was terrified as a kid. <laughs> Things happen yeah. that you didn't think in your little kid mind should ever <laughs> or could happen, you know, pulling your eyeballs out. And with, with that one in mind, you have to ask yourself how many times the dune worm going to show up in a movie yeah Primer, right uh, uh beetlejuice you know Primers, like, yeah all, yeah all these all the that's the dune worm man yeah, well that's a mongolian around. mongolian death worm or something isn't it it's a it's a oh yeah it's those, a worm too isn't it yeah but the mongolian it, it's like a what are those animal those um animals Man- that mandalorian i think mandalorian death one yes no not mandal it's mongolian yeah um, it's definitely mongolian no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, what what are the crypt, cryptids, right? That's yeah, yeah. Yep. That's, I always wanted a story of a Mongolian death worm. But <laughs> if you want a better chance writing your story, apparently call it a Mandalorian and get us sued by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway... Um, <laughs> No, I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> on a side note, I'm looking forward to the Dune remake. So, yeah, me too. I am as well. I didn't know they were remaking it. Yeah. 
So, Jason, this story didn't change a lot of locations and it had two actors. I would think it's a little tricky to give it the kind of audio that we normally do have in stories. So how did you go about um, making sure that this story was brought to life like the other episodes? Yeah, it actually, surprisingly enough, in one area. So, you know, I got to make it just these people talking. But then as you go on and you listen, you're like, okay, you got to figure out how to make this interesting because it's i mean it's a great story but it's just two people talking back and forth and i'm used to obviously you know walking water gushes explosions clouds opening up everything and that was nothing so the story again was great so it was solid so all i did was just kind of build off of that and then i just took little cues here and there to add small little sound effects just to kind of break up break things up and to just keep everybody going like like for example um um i drew from like my experience when i was in the army with uh dave there who and uh my mos so i was a military police officer and i remember uh conversations over the radio so i thought that it would be really cool if i would do radio chatter underneath the memory and so that yeah. i did that there and then uh you know, I just put in a couple sound effects randomly here and there, just kind of break it up. But I do think that the story and the acting were strong enough on its own. But yeah, it definitely was uh, interesting because you're never happy with anything you make. I don't know. It's just me. And then after I listen to it, yeah. then I'm happy. You know, then I'm happy. I listen. Like, okay, I like it. But the whole time I'm working on, it, I'm like, God, geez, this is the one. This is going to be the one that does me in. Really? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried about that too when I saw the script. I was like, What is Jason going to do with this? There's nothing. Here. Here, but it came out so amazing yeah well it's a, it's a testament to the story and it's a testament to the uh the voice talent uh david and uh margaret did a wonderful job and then mm -hmm. again it just they, they just laid the groundwork so you just gotta listen to the cues and in, in the story mm -hmm. to set the scene and then you just add a sound effect here and there and you just do your thing yep. that's pretty much it yeah it and you do that perfectly i gotta just say because you don't do too much because it could be overkill mm -hmm. and, and mess it up and yeah, you just you just hit a few little spots and it was like wow it just made it come alive it was nice yeah. thanks and that's actually had a bit more in that it's funny you say that i had a bit yeah. more as i listened to it probably the eighth or ninth time i listened to it so <laughs> I pull this out and pull that out because yeah hey i appreciate that thanks that's yeah. what i thought too and jason i have to give you um props the pen clicking parts were just yes. fantastic oh and my actually, God. writing uh, and scribbling oh that was so yeah. good it worked out really well. And, and you know, I, I, I take a little bit of credit because all the times that Bob's writing in that book of his, making mm -hmm. you have to do oh, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, you know, I mean, after eight years as a police officer in the United States military, you are, you know, Augie said it correctly, you know, you, you are debriefed. There's many times you sit yeah. there and, and you have to give your witness statement or, you know, you have to give your report and then they question you on your report. You know, it's, you know, it's CYA. They got to, you know, cross their T's, dot their I's. Yep. And then um, I remember several times being in these interview rooms and I'd be sitting there with IA and everything. And uh, they it would be just dead quiet. And the only thing you would hear is at that time, it was literal tape because this was in the 90s. And they would have a tape run and recording it. Oh, and uh, you would literally just hear like the, the scribbles of the paper in between everything you said. And, and, and it got actually at points that got annoying. You're like, okay, how many yeah. times have you asked me the same dang thing? Can we get the hell out of here? You know, the game's coming on. Let's go. You know, so. <laughs> I even got a taste of that in the episode itself. Like, I was like, okay, how many times are they going to use this and sound effect? And then I was like, oh, it's working. Cool. That's a part of the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not nearly enough to be real. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that but just enough be, to uh, give you a flavor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, also, I think it's a great time to bring up that JM did a great, great oh job with the music. Amazing job. Jason, can you explain how the two of you work together? Like, how do you get on the same page? Do you work yeah. on the episode first and send it to him? Does you know he ever tell you what's he, what he has in his mind? Um, how do you time it? You know, can you kind of explain to our listeners how how you guys work that out yeah no we uh honestly it's funny enough i think me and jm are um I, th I think we're kind of we think very similar um there's no communication 
prior to. What I do is I put the story together and I send it to them. But it's when I when I do put it together, though, I do consider cadence. I do consider breaks in there, pauses. I put spaces in there for tension builds, breaks, scene changes, you know, musical changes. I I put big breaks in there, and that that's pretty much it. It's just I I I build the scene and everything, thinking to myself how I would want to hear it with maybe some ambience or a little musical soundtrack, and 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 what's going to really draw in the listeners' ears, and then just send it to JM. And he's he's such a, a flipping talent that no, I don't really ever have to really worry or talk to him about what he's going to do because he has a great vision. And uh, yeah, you all of you have heard it so far in everything he's done, including the dismal dirge, which is a patron exclusive. If you guys get a chance to hear that stuff, it's pretty sweet. So, wow, yeah, he, that's he awesome. Lets, uh, um, like it's pretty much like the whole soundtrack, right? Yeah, he takes each episode and he actually creates a song from the uh, the uh, music. It's not just like bits and pieces. He actually takes the song and he creates. <coughs> he, I'm sorry, he takes the soundtrack from the song and he creates it into a uh, basically a song. So we're hoping at the end of the season, uh, JM will have a full. I, I hate to use the uh, the old term of CD, but a, a yeah. CD essentially or a whole season worth of downloadable just music you can use for ambience or whatever. So it's pretty neat what he does. Nice. It's going to be awesome. Let's go back to Augie. Augie, I got some questions about your story. Let's, okay. let's go into that. Uh, one thing I noticed about the therapist is that she had a lot of questions about the pronouns that... Uh, the main character refers to Mrs. Wakefield by. Mm-hmm. So is this to understand the nature of Mrs. Wakefield herself, or are the questions more based on the issue of how the pronouns of so many different people have been ignored for so long, including, I'm guessing, werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of a political statement just because now being a Twitter person, I've met so many amazing people that fall anywhere on the gender spectrum from just non-binary to something that doesn't even have labels yet. And the fact that pronouns are so important to somebody, um, especially in a world that is online and it's all like words and stuff, I kind of wanted to nod to that a little bit. But the majority of the reason I included it was because a lot of the times there's this weird fine line, especially when it comes to creatures like werewolves, where you're like, is it a person after they've transitioned or is it just a monster that deserves to be called an it? And I think that um, Officer O'Keefe was, um, what's the word, unconsciously referring to Mrs. Wakefield for a while as an it, especially when he was frustrated or when he was talking about when she was attacking him and, you know, when he felt like he was not doing his job to the best of his ability or he felt scared or threatened or something. But then she called him out on it and he just kind of gradually changed and started to see her as more of a person who had tried to kill herself because she didn't want to be this person around her family. And, you know, by the end, he's calling her her specifically because the the therapist kind of called him out on it. And he's like, oh, I mean, I guess maybe this is a real person because, you know, she she has emotions and while I was there she was transitioning in front of me into a werewolf and you know she was becoming something else but that doesn't mean that she's any less human because at one point you know she's screaming for them to kill her and like a little bit of her kind of shines through and she has a kid right there and her wife cares for her so much she's willing to hug this monster that could just rip her to shreds any second so it was it was more geared towards trying to make the main character realize that just because it looked like a monster didn't mean that it actually was, if that makes sense. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. That's that's what I look at, you know, for Raymond. He was a monster. Mm-hmm. Despite how he no looked problem. like somebody. What I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so along that line of, of thinking, um, you know, Miss Wakefield, I guess in a way, like has her her wife um, assisting her with suicide. The shotgun was on the ground. They were there. Um, oh, that's interesting. I never go I, into specifics, but 
Yeah, we don't know. I mean, she she could have been trying to stop her or right. she could have been trying to help her. But the one thing that was really awkward about it was that her young daughter was in the closet when all this stuff happened. And she was scratched, too. So mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe Mrs. Wakefield attacked her by accident and then decided she needed to end her life or whatever happened. But mm-hmm. whatever, we're talking about some major trauma with that little girl. Yeah. yeah. Um. So with that in line... Where do you think the girl is now? Hmm. And is she a werewolf too? Hmm. I don't think she's a werewolf because the way I had it set up at the end made it seem like she was some kind of superior being. So the way I kind of had it in my head, even though I'm pretty notorious for just not having endings to my stories because I like people to kind of fill the blanks on their own. But the way I saw it, was that this little girl had grown up in a home in which this happened every single time the moon was full. Right. So, you know, she was understanding what was going on, and she knew that there was something different about one of her moms. Um, And the other one was just a human normal. So, you know, having a kid, especially with technology today, you know, two women can have a kid. Just That's how it works. So she has genes in her that could turn her into a werewolf, but she's half human, half werewolf, and therefore has become extremely important in this kind of community of people who are aware of the existence of werewolves, like the therapist and like the other werewolves that are out there that I don't mention. But it's just kind of a community. And that's why the therapist at the end is like, you don't understand how important she is. Like, she has not turned into a werewolf yet, even though we've had multiple full moons. So we're not sure what's going on. And she's very important for us to understand our culture. So for you to have been trying to interfere with that is a big deal. And um, I don't think she is a werewolf, but I don't think she's safe. I think because of all of the ruckus that was going on, because Child Protective Services got involved and, you know, she has abilities that a werewolf might have so she's got advanced healing techniques or something like that so she scrapes her knee at the playground and it heals before somebody can come over and check on it and then all the kids start making fun of her it's like this whole other series (laughs) that i could probably write about it but yeah yeah, she's going to hear more about this this (laughs) coming out maybe i'll have to write a whole other uh, novel then (laughs) (laughs) Tend to start. She just stuff can't just be know. in the great rooms because we'll have to kill her. Exactly, and I don't. Jason. Oh man! I mean, we're not above killing kids in the gray rooms, are we? <laughs> That's the best part of this. About this, you just everybody dies. That's the best yeah. part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Everybody dies. Mm-hmm. So just whoever you don't like, put them in your story. That's <laughs> You know, yeah, solved. don't don't hold back. Just, you know, I mean, if you want me to really just give it to him for you, I don't care. I'm going through a wood chipper. I got a problem. <laughs> uh, I like that was my favorite scene in Fargo. There you go. Jeez. <laughs> I was sad that they put Steve Buscemi in, in the wood chipper, but man, it was a cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. David Steele, if you were able to walk out of that room. And we'll say you didn't have a clue on the fact that she was a werewolf. Do you think you would ever go back to that psychiatrist? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, just again, being, <laughs> and not not even about how she was, because um, she was actually pretty cool, even as a therapist, you know, it, as, if it didn't flip at the end. Uh, yeah. But just no. Uh oh, you still there? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't hear your response. I'm sorry. They blocked the whole out a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I yeah, um, she was cool, and then it kind of stopped. Yeah, so she was um, definitely a super cool therapist. So he would have appreciated her as a professional. But the whole main fact that him uh, being forced to do that. And to relive his horrible experiences, he's definitely resentful uh, with that as a character. And I think he would definitely not go back. It's I interesting. Because of all the writing. I'm sorry? 
I figured it might have been because of all the writing, just the nonstop <laughs> scribbling. Yeah, no, that's part of it for sure. <laughs> Anything thing, to do with that, it's just it's annoying. Yeah, it might be between both you, you and Augie. Um, one thing I, I kind of think about is this character. Even though you know he's a police officer, he did show, you know remorse i guess you could say for the situation like like augie said he was starting to kind of you know get the idea that you know well whatever she was she was you know um to be treated like a person and absolutely yeah so i think that was in his he's definitely compassionate i felt mm -hmm. that i felt like a full character when i was doing that because of the way it was written it kind of like it gave me a picture of who he was all the way around and I felt like he's a compassionate man that just basically had a job to do and is very protective of his partner, uh, protective. And especially we had the chance to try to protect the child and then also seeing that the play as, as he was speaking about it, even it helped him, you know, by talking about the the play between the two women and how they were kind of protecting each other and the one, even though he didn't understand it, he definitely felt a compassion for that for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think honestly, um, we have that question too, where if he was bit, could he have become a uh, a werewolf himself? Yeah, if if he could have, as far as you know, like Augie's writing, you know, that he would become one. That that's you know one thing in the story. But I felt like as his character, if he did, uh, he'd probably try to take himself out. He probably wouldn't allow it. Yep, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I just wonder if he was like kind of worried about that you know when he went to this therapist and was explaining things because i kind of feel like if he was thinking that and she was explaining that there are people he might actually reconsider killing himself but then she took him out anyway so <laughs> yeah i felt oh, well. <laughs> and i felt like all the way to the end it was he didn't know like even though it may yeah. have been in the back of his mind yeah. he was not allowing himself to express that so when yeah. she started changing he's like oh shit you know, it's yeah. just like, oh my God. And it just, it all dawned on him right that second. And then it's too late. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. See, I, I would have tried to beat her down with that crutch. <laughs> <laughs> he may have, but it counts. Yeah. Well, the whole idea was like, you know, the whole time he's telling the story, he's like, at the end, he ends up humanizing, you know, the per- Mrs. Wakefield that happens in the story. But then at the end, he's just completely bamboozled by the therapist. And, she yeah. goes from being a human, a person who cares about what she's asking him. And, you know, there's a couple of questions and they're like, you know, how do you feel about what your partner was going through? That must have been difficult for you. So she's humanizing herself and turns into a monster at the end, just as he's yeah. getting over the fact that this monster is actually human. So it's kind of this switch at the end. And I kind yeah. of wrote him in a sense that he wasn't even thinking about the fact that he could turn to a werewolf this entire time. He was just worried about the kid. He was worried about Mrs. Wakefield and her wife and what he saw and his partner and like how it affected her and all of this stuff to the point where he wasn't even thinking about himself. And then at the end, he's like, oh, uh, survival instinct should probably kick in, but darn this leg. And then it just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> darn this leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, <laughs> so, Jason... Yes. How much did you enjoy the end sequence when you got to rip Mr. Steel to pieces? Uh, what I do. So, uh, <laughs> what and you I did do. it well. You did it well. And <laughs> even what he did there too was surprising for me listening to it because <laughs> I laid down a whole bunch of like just screams and like gurgles and stuff, you know, <laughs> giving him a bunch of stuff to play with. And then what he did with it was like, whoa, that's not what I imagined at all. It's, <laughs> it's not what I imagined either, to be honest. <laughs> Well, and you totally see, was, there's so many changes. I was listening to you guys talk there, and I said, "Okay, well, what I was, what I pictured was, okay, yeah, this guy definitely traditionally would have turned if he would have been bit, but mm-hmm. he yeah. became a subway sandwich. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 you're over. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, Dave. Do you think you were? Oh crap! I already asked that question. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say yeah. <laughs> I love 
I love uh, I love putting the squish and the squish and slosh noises at the end of uh, <laughs> episodes and kind of let them draw out with the music fading. That way, everybody yeah. kind of lets that so set in at the end. The last thing they remember hearing is just something just eating someone, and it, and it <laughs> forces you to get a visual. And that's what yeah. I that's what I really like. Yeah. It's it kind of so like an aliens movie, you know, almost <laughs> like just they pounce on them and they eat them, and then somebody's listening to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Better no. than the original ending, I will say. It was just, oh, man. And the thing is, too, like, the way I had initially written the ending was, like, he was just kind of taken down the hallway, and it was pretty vague as to what happened. Mm. But then I had uh, some feedback on it that was like, this is not scary enough. You need to make this a little bit more intense and kind of make it clear that he dies at the end. And I was like, okay. So then I wrote it, and then it was even like kind of changed even more into a script and i had written you know he's fidgeting with the door handle and she's kind of approaching and slowly kind of stalking him and transitioning as she's walking and then he's you know on the ground and he tries to bite her off and whatever but it was completely taken out of the script because it wasn't from his perspective or her perspective and i was like this will be interesting what's jason gonna do and brian was yeah. like he's got it he's gonna do just fine and he did and he did so much better than i could have ever imagined like i just even pictured what was going on in my head it was intense uh, so, good, good. that's the goal that's the goal if you got if your mind's eyes in that room watching them <laughs> chew him up like he's a like a orange <laughs> then that's right there is yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, uh, do you see yourself as someone becoming the werewolf or someone trying to stop a werewolf? Good question. Uh, yeah, that is a good question. Uh, I see him becoming a werewolf myself. Yeah, Every time yeah, he whispers yeah. and drops that voice down. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I see him being a werewolf that hunts other werewolves because he likes the, the hunt. Yeah. Uh, He's been the- through and through. <laughs> One of my one of my fellow with a little A1 on there. Nothing. <laughs> and some red potatoes. <laughs> Fava beans. Fava beans. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Thanks. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> we think too By the way, I'm gonna make some ringtones. I'm gonna make ringtones, guys. It's gonna be answer your phone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> It's your mom. That would be terrifying in the middle of the night. It's uh, your mom. <laughs> oh, uh, so now we're, I think we're at that point where we should start talking about some of the uh, projects and things you're working on. So I'll start with you, Augie. Well, there's okay. stories you got uh, down the pipeline. And also, don't forget to uh, tell us about your book of short stories that you've released. Yes. Uh, Oh my goodness, I have a lot going on. Let's see. Um, I'm currently in this weird transition phase between I don't know if I want to keep doing the podcast that I'm doing. So I'm making like a bunch of stuff to try and test out different avenues for myself. So I am, I'm still doing my podcast, but I'm going to be going through the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series and then see kind of what I want to do since I have like four more movies to review. Um, I host a podcast where I read short stories review horror movies you'd ask about that but there you go um my collection of short horror stories uh is called night vision and i recently released well i guess not recently 2018 i released a anniversary edition and recently i turned it into an audiobook so you can get that on Bandcamp because amazon is trash and <laughs> i <laughs> i turned that into an audiobook that was super cool so that's available uh, for purchase wherever uh, on my website, not wherever. Um, I'm also working on a novel that I have been in the process of writing for the last almost eight years. It's a super sci-fi-y, almost YA, new wagey kind of thing um, where it's set in a world after the earth has basically destroyed itself and some guy was like this is enough and there's just this mass genocide and all the survivors are taken to this island complex where it's all separated by technology levels and there's like this government and this this whole thing it's very sci-fi um 
So I'm working on that novel at the moment. And today, actually, I finished writing my very first audio drama. It's uh, called Linda Listens, and it's about a 43-year-old woman who, after the death of the majority of her family, decides to try and make a podcast to give advice to people. But of course, every question she gets is incredibly triggering, and she's dealing with her loud neighbor next door who keeps making all this noise. So one day she decides to go over and see what all the noise is about. And I can't tell you what happens after that, but it's a horror comedy podcast kind of thing. Uh, pretty intensely inspired by uh, Calling Darkness, the podcast. I just absolutely love the mix of comedy and horror in that. So I wanted to do my own kind of thing. So I got a lot going on. <laughs> Let your producer know if they want to reach out to me. I'll loan them a bunch of squishy sounds. Uh, come up with <laughs> hitting mangoes and, you know, uh, running over boxes of raspberries. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You told me once that one of the squelching sounds you used was somebody eating a peach. And the first time I ate a peach after you said that, I recorded myself doing it and listened back. And I'm like, this is amazing. I yeah. have just unlocked a yeah, world. <laughs> get yourself a little high def recorder out there, anybody, and uh, mm. just run around and randomly record things and play them back and put them in a different context in your mind. And it works. And it's usually <laughs> gross. Absolutely. <laughs> Yep. Nice. I I'm, I want to eat a peach. That's the only thing I got out of this. I love peaches. I really do. I, they are good. I do. Peaches I for myself. me. <laughs> I, I was so there, dude. I was yeah. so there. In my head, I was going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, David Steele, what other projects are you involved in? Yeah. Uh, you know, Besides being a fill-in vocalist for the Presidents of the United States. <laughs> Yeah. Great team. Um, yeah, so you can find everything to start with at steelempire.com. And steel is spelled with an E on the end. So it's S T E E L E empire.com. All our links. Um, I have my own personal Twitter. You can talk to me personally. And then we have our Steel Empire Twitter. It's Empire Steel. We have Instagram, uh, our email, of course. A few podcasts that we work on. Uh, we have our one that we started. With my, I started with my family. It's a family-friendly podcast. It is a quest for magic and steel. It is a D&D uh, tabletop role-playing game that my daughter runs. She's our GM, Game Master. And uh, we play the game. And it's basically um, us playing, but we turn it into a more like an audio drama uh, improv comedy show. So we act out the characters. We do our character voices. There are six of us. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's on its fourth year. Uh, we've we've changed a few different characters throughout, but we have a blast with that. We get a lot of good feedback, and uh, we're, we just keep doing it. So it's a fun time. Uh, I also do an audio drama. It's called Arc City, A-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Season one is complete, and there is a couple bonus episodes as well that you can check out. Uh, again, links are on SteelEmpire.com. Uh, I am in the process of – we have uh, the second um, – season already written but i i kind of had a life event and kind of slowed down a little bit um you know i know brian you guys you know what that's like um so things slow you down but you keep on going just one step at a time and so uh i have a bunch of voice actors already laid down tracks it's just i have to now get you know get into the studio and get back on track and and make it come to life like jason does so that's that's the hard part really um and then i just started another one too it's um a year in the life, a friend of mine, two of us, we just, we're going to take the whole year of 2020. We just recorded our first one for January and it's just a once a month show. And we're going to talk about, you know, January, you know, what it means, where the word came from, uh, what's the animal of January, the, the, uh, constellation kind of deals, birth signs, and then talk about also like one thing about that month. So January was new beginnings. And then we kind of just rap about that and, uh, we ask people, listeners, to uh, comment and add their two cents so that we can add it into the show. So a lot of fun for us. Uh, but, yes, yeah, SteelEmpire.com. Uh, join the journey. Oh, and I do have to say also, sorry, to, I love doing voiceover work. I love doing uh, audio dramas. Love being a part of the gray rooms. So much fun. Every time I get hit up, you know, reached out to, I'm, I get so excited. I'm like, all right, cool. What do we get to do now? 
Uh, I'm also <laughs> in a couple other ones. I do uh, Copper Heart, which is an ne- excellent like sci-fi um, thriller, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, it Sarah is Ruth a Thomas, steep... I think she yeah. got a yeah. uh, award for that. Yes, she did. Yeah, it's it's a steampunk as well, uh, and yeah. yeah, she's in that. And uh, I also play. She actually, I think, she does an AI voice. Um, and then I also play like her opposite. I'm an AI as well, um, kind of like uh, my name is actually Eris. I think her name is Iris. I forget exactly, but uh, it's kind of neat. It's fun. So it's real monotone. I'm just kind of this AI voice without real emotion. <laughs> so it's kind of fun to do that. And then I also do a, a small one that's not as well known but it's called mandible judy and it's a nice little thriller uh drama <laughs> i play a younger guy in that and uh kind of like a horror thriller so it's fun a lot of fun nice david Steele, you are a busy guy busy busy yeah, yeah that's for sure that good times awesome. man. yeah you were, you were just in some kind of, you were just in a podcast uh, event weren't you uh oh yeah yeah i mean a couple times a year yeah I, I do some podcast things i'm actually speaking in march i'll be in florida at uh, ah, Podfest yeah. is a big one in Orlando. Yeah, I figured uh, went out how there last that. year. Yeah, I take the whole week actually. Bring some of the family. We just hang out at Disney, and then the weekend it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the convention. And I'll be speaking. I'll actually be talking about um, Adobe Audition in, in editing for podcasts. So, and if anybody, uh, I'm I'm just reading online here now. Anybody's interested in meeting David, he will buy you a beer. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's not online. I just, I put that yeah. in. That's it's on the weekend. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. <laughs> no. And I actually, I mean, if anybody wants to go to Podfest, I mean, it's in March, so they should be able to hear it in this show, but I do have a couple tickets. I will actually pay for your Podfest conference. If you can get down there, or you're from the area and you want to hang out. Um, I have a ticket or two that I can uh, give out. So, uh Oh, nice. That's out. awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's, super- Oh, it's amazing. It's a whole nother world. It's oh, wow. if you love podcasting, getting, going to some pod uh, conferences. I really wanted to go to pod tales, but it didn't work out for me. So yeah, I know cool. you're feeling, <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot fall on our plate for that one. Man. <laughs> that was devastating. Yeah. I, I saw that one. That's called pod fest, right? Yeah. It, the one in Florida is Podfest. There's Podfest. another one in the Philadelphia area, which is uh, Indie Podcast Conference. It's another one I go to and speak at. Yeah. And then there's Podcast Movement. It's another one that moves from state to state around the country. And then there's a couple other big ones too that I have that are like over in the West Coast that I've never been to. Yeah, I'm hoping that Podtails makes it back. I'd like to try to get there. But I saw that Podfest last year, and I was like, "Ooh, Florida in the winter!" Uh, <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> in in so, March, yeah, perfect. I might have to try to figure out how to get down to that sucker. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave. I, I think you should look into having Mister Gray as an antagonist in one of those future <laughs> family-friendly role-playing <laughs> things you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wrong. I, I, yo, he scared me. I, stop, Jason. Stop it. <laughs> you know, you got a nice evil necromancer or something, uh, you know. And we do. We do do that. So, yeah, he could definitely yeah. do it. Well, sure. it's kind of funny. I just started doing a TikTok. And uh, one of the things I do. On the, yeah, one of the things. Well, Chrissy got me into that crap. I never <laughs> I wanted oh, nothing. Now you're a And, and, and yeah. she sent me this. She sent me this TikTok and she's like, we'll do this. I said, why well, have I ever download the app? I don't want nothing to do with the app. Yeah. And so anyways, I download it. And uh, it, that, that, that format's amazing. I love it. I have fun watching just the goofy videos on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I just did something called the Sinister Sayings. I just find something. It's literally a hand-drawn picture that moves and the voice is just this, but then dropped <laughs> with uh, everything else on it. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's actually got quite a bit of views. So wow. yeah. Uh, my TikTok, TikTok star, Mr. Gray. Mr. Nice. Gray. <laughs> All right. I didn't know that. That's pretty sweet. Now you do. And no one is half the battle. Joe. <laughs> oh, geez. Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> now we know that Jason has a secret life. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I know too much of those secret parts of his life he doesn't want us all to know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he usually calls me on those parts. I'm like, hey, man, I'm calling you right back. I'm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that, but yeah, that's another one. You see, the thing is, I'm not describing it. I'm going to leave it open for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let your mind wander, you sickos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, is your phone vibrating? Because guess what? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Gray's at it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Behind the Door. Um, thank you so much, Augie. Thank you so much, Dave. You're welcome. You guys are so great. I know why we can't wait to, uh, you know, work with you guys again. And it's just such a, a fantastic amount of fun that we've had discussing everything with you and also working and, and, and work, listening to David's stuff, working with your material, Augie. So thank you again so much. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure is ours. Yeah, I don't think Brian's uh, also, uh, st- from my perspective, I didn't think Brian was hammering it from my side there, but I absolutely love working with you guys. Dave, <laughs> you do a wonderful job. I love your delivery. I've actually loved working with you since the first time I heard you in iStation Bravo. I thought that that was, uh, I thought that that part and you were married perfectly together. And just like mm-hmm. with this as well, I love your, I loved your, 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 your candor. I loved the, the tempo. I loved your delivery. You did a great job. Aki, wonderful story. As always, I love working with the people that I get the opportunity to work with. Brian, Brian included on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian included on that. I enjoy yeah. getting the opportunity to work with all the just wonderfully talented professional people. So thanks again. It's an absolute pleasure from us. So thank you. Yeah. And I also want to thank you, Augie, too, for, you know, changing everything in, in, into a script was like the first thing that, that I started working on coming back from the stroke. And so it really helped me to work on those main episodes. Um, and really, you know, it, I mean, I didn't have to do anything with, you know, with your story. I just had to, you know, get it into a script form and it took me a while and it, but it, it's what I needed to do to get me back into um, doing the writing. So thank you so much for that opportunity. Well, you're welcome, but I'm not taking any credit for you bouncing back as fast as you did from having two strokes, okay? That was all you. Still, though, yours was the first (laughs) thing I was working on. So without that, I would have still been worrying about everything. I was able to work on the first episode, you know, the main story, because Mm -hmm. of you. So I'm very thankful for that. Nice. You're welcome. Gray rooms, it kills and it heals. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Gray that Room. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> that, that's true. That's a good one. We should Cassie, buy a t-shirt. You jump right on that. By, by the way, we got to make sure we give credit real quick, Cassie, as well. Because mm, I yes. don't know if you had yes. the opportunity to look at that artwork. Oh, um, my God. Oh my it was God. amazing. Yes. She, is a, she is a Rembrandt, a Mozart. She is <sighs> an absolute goddess on, on that artwork. I mean, she, her, her vision is just profound, profoundly yeah. amazing. And then Brooks animated that. So. Dude. No that way. was so creepy. Yes. I loved Completely it. Completely agree. Yeah. It like, you didn't even notice it was animated until she blinks, and then yes. it's like, oh, my God, what happened? Yes. It was so good. I the keep trying to kiss moving face. And we know? didn't get a chance to talk about it either, but, Brian, the main story for this episode, taking the leap that it did, was amazing. Mm-hmm. And having David Cummings in it and – all of the other stuff that we kind of found out about, I wish we'd had time to talk about that, but seriously, it was amazing. Oh, thank you. As a geek of me, it still blows me away that I get to work with David Cummings. He is the reason right. I decided to start podcasting. So there you He's go. so cool. He's One so thing cool. I, I will say, because I don't know if we ever actually commented on this, but we actually um, are spending all of our behind the doors <laughs> talking about um, all the authors of the short oh. stories. When we do, I missed that memo, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, it's fine. I don't think we actually mentioned it. I think, you know, we've just been talking. What we're going to do is, um, you know, just like we did last season, um, we're going to go and take that. If you'll remember, we did like a Raymond Logs thing where it just kind of had like all 12 of the main oh. season episodes and put them all yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be doing that. And then we're going to do the next episode. We're going to have um, uh, behind the door with. You know, me, Jason, um, you know, I want to invite Sarah Ruth Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we might have Graham. You know, I don't know. We'll we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, but the thing is, is we're going to kind of go through uh, episode 1 to 12. And then, of course, that'll get everybody ready for episode 13. So, yeah, we you were totally good. You don't worry about <laughs> it. We weren't planning on talking about me. Okay. <laughs> well, you deserve to be talked about. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. But yeah, no, we're, 
we uh, we'll talk. Well, we don't want to waste any time. We just want to focus on the author. We want to focus on the voice actor. And that's something where we spent too much time talking about other things, I think, in the in, in season one. And uh, maybe <laughs> people didn't get to say everything they wanted to say, you know, and so we just want to focus on you guys. Well, I appreciate that as the author. <laughs> we appreciate you because without this, and this doesn't just go out to present company. This goes out to all that we have talked to and all that we're going to talk to. Without you, there is no gray rooms. So that is very important. That is so Brian absolutely nailed it on the head that you, this is to showcase your talents and what you have done to make us look as good as we do people like us. And that's not because necessarily what we do, that's because of what we have to work with. And that's you guys. So thank you. That's right. So don't forget about season three. If you are thinking about writing a story, jump on that. You can go look on our, uh, our Twitter. Um, You can email submissions at thegrayrooms.com. And if you have any questions about what kind of stories we're looking for, but you know, um, we end that, uh, we end our submission period April 18th, so you still have plenty of time to go work on a story. We're taking 12 stories plus maybe a few um, here and there for Patreons and pre, you know pre uh, preseason stories. So just send us our stories. I will personally kill your face and eat your kids if you don't submit your story to the Grey Room <laughs> season three. Thank you so much for posting Not that. Long. You're welcome. I love that. I didn't know you. I didn't think you were actually going to do it, and I saw that, and I laughed so hard. Well, now I got to oh keep my, my promises. So. <laughs> all right, guys. You all have a wonderful night. Thank you again, um, Thank you. audience members, for listening. You guys are so great. Absolutely. See ya. Bye. See ya. Bye. Stay gray. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind the Door.